keep moving, but also keep still. I'm Heath Armstrong, and this is Never Stop Peaking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss. So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. You've been a space-driven higgity hunk of me since birth. Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth. Composed of stardust with an emotional gut. While you letting conformity slam you up the butt. And not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks. You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck. Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision. Build a palace to the moon your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, miggity milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack What you're thinking? Fuck no, you'll never stop peeking Hi-de-ho! Humans, aliens, star seeds angelic beings logical and spacey all the way around welcome and thank you for being here for today's show uh we're gonna get into some creative speak last couple episodes i was putting out some pretty direct information on biohacking uh, covering a whole lot of good stuff. If you go back and listen to those two episodes, how to increase creativity and really expand health through biohacking. There was also a three-part series I put out on how to get high without drugs, which basically just translates to how to alter your state of consciousness in lots of different ways and therefore expand your creativity connect deeply with who you are and those little spaces inside that sexy little body that you don't even know are there and how to use all of those new channels to explode your life in all the different directions that you want. Uh, I'm going to hit some tunes. This is going to be a pretty quick banger because I've got a call coming up in about 30 minutes, but Hang on tight because it's going to be a good one. This is brought to you by Sweet Ass Affirmations. You can get that at RageCreate.com or Amazon, of course. And thank you to everyone who has supported. And I'm going to hit some jams and let's jump right in. A skidamarinkity dinkity dink, a skidamarinkity doo You who are listening to Never Stop Peaking, let's rage. <clears throat> now let me start at the very beginning. enchanting would it be to lean into the mysterious process of life with a newfound imagination or a a belief in the expansion of magic in your life what if 
every moment was like bam, 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 full of delicious juice, bursting with new flavors, packed with power that makes you want to keep walking and keep creating and, and explore every little nook and cranny or wook and granny or whatever with every breath. What if there is a, a world existing all around you that wants to show you that magic is real and it's kind of exploding outside of your center coming directly out of the heart and the gut and your private little party parts that you're always playing with when no one's looking, but we see you. Yeah. (laughs) Would you play in this type of world, even if it meant that all of your preconceived structures or rules or limitations would be blown into the ether like your granddaddy's Thanksgiving Day toots. You know about those toots. I was camping last year with my sister in Mount Shasta. And, you know, I was thinking about an intro that I did that was a bit that's coming off of one of the new affirmation cards on the new Sweet Ass Affirmations 2 deck that's coming out. Um, and something that I shared on the intro of this podcast, maybe seven or eight episodes ago, I don't remember exactly which one, but I was thinking about light and shadow and, and sort of loving and hugging your inner beast until you heal. And it started sending me down this path, uh, of stories and experiences that I've had. You know, I was camping last year with my sister in Mount Shasta and we, we strolled up to what, you know, the woo world would call an energy vortex. Now, energy vortexes can be found all over the world. They're usually just places where people report feeling heightened senses of awareness, uh, creativity, inspiration without explanation. Spiritual people are magnetized to these places. Native cultures are magnetized. Now, to me, it's obvious that being in nature in general is going to heighten awareness and creativity. But it didn't stop me from wanting to explore one of the most famous energy vortexes in in the United States, for sure, and definitely the world. And so Mount Shasta is actually considered the root chakra of the world. And the road up toward the direction of the vortex was actually closed when we pulled up. So we parked my Xterra at a parking lot near the gate, and we walked around the gate just as the sun was starting to set. And my sister's, she's like real Looney Tunes for uh, the energy work. So she was really excited. She was already vibrating. And we headed up the road, maybe, I don't know, a half mile, a mile up the road. Um, up off onto a trail, essentially. And it seemed almost as if we had walked through like this magical Alice in Wonderland type portal. I started feeling like colors were incredibly vibrant. They were glowing with shades of like pinks and blues and greens and yellows and everything in between that I hadn't ever really seen before. It really felt like I was navigating a dream world because sometimes the dream worlds that I play in seem to be packed with color palettes that don't often show up in this world. It's like I'm walking through uh, an Instagram filter without all the buttholes and thongs that everyone thinks they need to post nowadays to get attention. The The one thing that really stood out to me was 
the colors. I mean, they, they were like 10 times as bright and vibrant than the natural eye can usually perceive. I mean, if you take some microdoses of psilocybin or LSD or something and you're out playing in nature, you might have a similar effect, but we didn't have anything. And it was a wonky experience. We gazed around. We wandered through fields. We crawled on our hands and knees around bushes we put our faces in fresh underground stream that we found that was rolling through this area. I'm pretty sure my sister was just face down laying in the spring the entire time. Uh, <laughs> at one point, I remember looking at her and seeing her her legs wiggling. So I thought, oh, she's probably okay, I guess. Um, and I was snapping pictures on my iPhone, like giggling about how mind-blown people would be when they saw the colors I was capturing on my phone with these pictures. Colors that couldn't be seen anywhere else. I felt like I was actually a real photographer or something that was about to unleash the finest nature porn onto, you know, the bonogram. And yeah, I could almost taste how insta famous that I was going to be for these photos. And I didn't have a thong to wear to make sure it was a sure thing, but I felt pretty strong that it was going to happen. But as the sun started to set, or wind down, we, we kind of watched it disappear over the horizon and decided to make our way back down towards the car to try and secure a place to camp that night. And this was a very spiritual experience that we had up there. I don't have a lot to say about what happened when we were there because it just seemed like we entered a time warp and came back out of it. Um, but I was excited to see, you know, what, what I could return to in my phone to revisit and sort of approach it a little bit differently. My phone died somewhere along the way back and I never actually had the chance to turn it on until the next morning uh, when we were heading out to San Diego to actually meet up with uh, Jared and Gaza, Chase Reed, Chase and Melissa Reeves, that whole fam. There's a really good podcast I did with Chase and Jared uh, about ayahuasca that was put out maybe six episodes ago or so. Go check that out. It's been one of the more popular episodes I've ever put out. But um, when I turned my phone on the next morning, I started scrolling through the pictures to reclaim that sort of fifth dimensional experience. And all I found was a bunch of pictures that were dull and, and blurry and lacking any sort of color palette that I remembered. In reality, they came out very gray and hilariously boring. I showed them to my sister. She couldn't believe it either. She was laughing. Uh, it felt like we were insane. Like, were we absolutely insane or was it that we entered this quote-unquote, energy vortex. When we were up there, there was no mistaking the colors and experiences that we were absorbing. We entered into a zone that triggered a heightened state of our senses. And because of that heightened state, our experience was altered to be more vibrant, more serene, and more full of wow. Like, spank me, daddy, wow. So I want to ask you, in your everyday existence... How often are you granting yourself permission to expand past the gates of what your ordinary senses are allowing? How often are you wandering out of your comfort zone and meeting the unknown? When was the last holy fuck experience that you had outside of your normal routine? Where was the last place that you visited that make your hair stand up on your body? When was the last time you met a stranger that gave you butterflies because you had such a crush on them? What if you could experience these types of heightened senses and interactions every day from here on forward? 
what would be waiting for you inside of a life of this type of playhouse? What types of interesting people would trickle into that life and play with you? What kind of abundance and prosperity and orgasms would await you? (laughs) One of my favorite quotes is a quote from the band Tool. Um, Push the envelope, watch it bend. Push the envelope, watch it bend. When you are living in a heightened state of awareness, you're kind of pushing the envelope. You're really watching it bend. You start to notice the magic that the universe trickles in all in and around your life constantly. Because in reality, even though you may not see it with your normal senses in those eyes, the universe is already dropping magic in your lap. Everything in this universe is a frequency of energy, and you yourself are also a giant, lovable ball of vibrating energy, just like your butt plug. And just as frequencies range from low to high, so does your attachment of energy to a frequency. Gremlin energy, such as resistance and fear, operates on a super low frequency. And divine energy, such as peace and prosperity, operates on a high frequency. When you release your lower vibrational self, you raise your frequency to be more in alignment with the divine energy within you. This is similar to when you break through your limitation boob and you start to take your journey through what I like to call the opportunity, which I'm doing a big breakdown of these subjects in the future with a book I'm working on. Pretty exciting. The farther that you surge past your self-imposed limits, the higher your vibration becomes. And the higher your frequency becomes, the more your senses expand and the lighter that you feel in your physical and emotional body. When the universe plays magic with you, it is playing with your ability to expand your logic. It is showing you that everything isn't always what it seems. It is challenging your willingness to believe in something much bigger than that logical brain wants to be able to explain. You will experience higher states of personal power. You will experience more clarity. You will feel what it's like to really love. You'll experience peace. You'll experience true muse, creativity. And all of the gremlins that try to attack you in these phases and surges will definitely end up peeing in their pants and drowning in their own sorrow before they can get to you. Because in this state, mental and physical discomfort and pain are more easily noticed. Therefore, you can deal with them, transform them, release them. So I want to share a little bit about how to do that within a principle I kind of like to refer to as like the light, the light and shadow basket. So another story, of course, lots of stories here, but when I was in Indonesia, I went to an event with a bunch of entrepreneurs And it was incredible. 
But after the event was over on this, you know, exotic place, island, whatever, I headed into town for another week or so, indefinitely, honestly, just waiting to pick a time to come back, which is a benefit of, you know, taking taking advantage of creating the life that you want. Um, I went into town for a little bit, another week to explore local culture and relax, so I thought. A bunch of people from the group had rented out a big house in town. And one of the shuttles was dropping the group off there so everyone could check in. I met an awesome girl out there who was really, really powerful energetically. She was like the baby from The Incredibles. Although I don't think she really knew what kind of power she had yet. Um, And I had been hanging out with her a lot. We became really close. And her and I traveled with the group to this house, but we actually didn't plan on staying there. We started hanging out when we got there. We started playing a little music doing all that world travel, free spirit, hippie shit that your grandparents like to yell at you about. <laughs> um, but the house that we had booked that was separate actually ended up being a lot farther than we anticipated. So we actually just decided to stay and sleep on the floor or, or one of the couches if we could, if there was no room going to be available in this house. But something really strange is going on in this house. It was like the shining Bali edition. It seemed like this really irritating dark energy, this shadow energy was taking over people in the house slowly and then more and more infecting everyone. People started arguing over which rooms they were staying in, who paid for what, who was supposed to be there, who was welcome, who wasn't. Really nice people were turning into this like really evil like minion people. Hey bro, you didn't even fucking pay to be here, man. Get out of here, bro. You ain't gonna pay yet. You better get out of here, man. If you don't, I'm going to send in my goons to come finger your asshole real good when you're sleeping. There weren't any rooms available. So her and I actually ended up escaping to the top balcony area where we slept by an open window with a cool breeze. And it was amazing. It was like this indoor-outdoor mattress. And we were able to avoid the mat- the madness for the, for the night. Um, that wouldn't necessarily be the case for the next night. So when the morning came around, a lot of people had bailed on the house because of the confusion and the the crazy energy that was going on. And although there was still a lot of people in the house, I noticed that one of the rooms towards the front door, it wasn't open. And I hadn't really ever registered anyone coming in or out of it at all since we had been there. I knocked on the door and I opened it and it was a huge full bedroom and bathroom that nobody was in. It was untouched. Nobody used it the night before despite the mass amounts of people that were arguing about not having a room to sleep in. That's kind of crazy given it was the most easy to spot room in the house right next to the front door. And I imagine that there's a reason for this, right? Which I'm going to get into. And it's a little bit eerie. And how did nobody, out of the 15 people that were that were in these arguments in poopy pants crybaby mode, being peed on by all of the resistance and fear gremlins, not make it into that room. I didn't think that much about it in that moment. All I thought was, oh, there's a room with a big-ass bed. Now we don't have to sleep upstairs. We can actually just stay here. We can contribute some money to staying here, and we'll end up just staying in this room. So we did that. The next night, everyone was out on the town exploring or doing whatever, and I felt tired. I didn't really feel that great, and neither did Kay, 
Okay. She was, she was actually, I think really, really tired, like really loopy. Um, and she is very energetic, energetically sensitive person. So I, I understand why she was in all that madness. It was draining her. She got some weird feelings that she didn't want to sleep on the actual bed in the room saying something didn't really feel right about it. And I had learned to stop questioning these highly energetic and intuitive people by this point in my journey because of all the weird stuff I had seen and connected to. So I trusted that intuition and I helped her pull a mattress pad from the futon in the main part of the house into the room onto the floor into which we would sleep. So we laid down to go to sleep and, and started to fade. And she was laying with her head on my left shoulder, like my left shoulder kind of arm area, maybe chest, maybe a little bit of my chest. I don't know. Um, and my mind was sort of stirring with chaos because it had been so intense around that house. And the arguments had a really weird woo energy to them. And it was a little bit out of the ordinary for me. But I eventually started to fall into this lucid state and she was already asleep when I felt this horrifying anxiety and darkness sort of consume me. Right as I felt it, she shot straight up into a seated position. I mean, it was like that scene in The Exorcist, no joke. Like like she pulled a giant pocket of air into her lungs and she was ga- it was like she was gasping for her last breath as she shot directly up, which scared the shit out of me. And as soon as, as soon as she did gasp, she started shaking and sort of mumbling, like, what is that? What is that? What is that? Which freaked me out even more because I felt something really dark and she reacted to it. We both experienced something really heavy come into the room with us that did not seem like it was part of us. But who knows? It could have been coming out of us. This is when it gets even more freaky. Just seconds into it, the light in the bathroom, which is on the other side of the room, like we were actually sleeping towards the front of the room, the light in the bathroom on the the far side of the room started flickering. Super creepy. And the toilet component started running like it was being flushed, like that sound when you flush a toilet and and it's already flushed and it's just like... It started running, and the fucking shower nozzle started leaking and spraying water out of the side of it, across the bathroom, over the toilet, towards the sink. Not even in the shower. It was spraying water out like it didn't even have a a nozzle that worked correctly. And as hard as that is to believe, it happened, and we were completely sober. And again, I felt like I was in the energy vortex on on Mount Shasta, just the having the experience of the shadow version of that. All of my senses are in heightened states because of this weird stuff that's happening that I'm not used to perceiving. It was like a calm and peaceful rest, which turned directly into a tornado of hell with just a few seconds. And of course your body's going to react in really dramatic ways. You know, I got up, what is it monkey? My pup is over here staring at me because she wants to go out. What are you doing, Mikey? Go. Oh my goodness. Um I got up and I turned the lights on immediately. And Kay was like laying there in shock. She was crying. I opened the bedroom door. I helped her walk out because she was freaking out. And as soon as we went through that door, it was like we exited the portal. <laughs> All of that freak show shit your pants weirdness just stopped. 
And then it hit me really hard. Like, how did all of those people who were looking for a place to stay somehow to stay somehow avoid that room the night before when it was open? What kind of energy was repelling people to not actually find that room and have that experience that we ended up having? Why was it us that ended up having this experience? Once the rest of the house started coming home, we started sharing the story of what had happened. Uh, We took some of them into the room. To make things even creepier, the bed that Kay had bad feelings about was covered in thousands of these tiny little white, nasty, insect-looking egg things that were not there before. And it was so fucking disgusting. Where did they come from, first of all? And how does that happen when things physically appear that weren't there in a matter of a, you know, a small block of time? Everyone there was freaked out. Everyone who came back to the house and saw the eggs was freaked out. We called the property manager. They had to come clean up all the eggs the next day. They seemed freaked out. It was eerie. That was not the type of universal play that anyone wants to be involved in. Except maybe, you know, the girls from the movie The Craft. Which, hey, you know, pretty sexy with those those little schoolgirl skirts on, you know. But that type of experience really expanded my mind on what was possible, not only from the shadow side, but from the light side as well. When you collide with darkness or shadow, you are only colliding with the side of things you generally don't see, yet it's always there. It's a force that lurks to pump you with fear, yet it's also just the other side of the light that wants to pump you up with motivation and and zest. When it does appear into your awareness, it's only a reminder to slow down and balance yourself. So check it. Dig this. (laughs) I wanted to say that. Dig this. The energy that you give out into the world is what you will also receive. Everything has to balance. You can't have flowers that bloom and reach the heavens without roots that reach deeply into the shadow or hell. If your basket of energy is perfectly balanced with light and shadow, given you're composed of a basket of energy or a yin and a yang, right? And you give some of your light to the world to help it out, Your basket is then out of balance and needs to rebalance itself. Because you spilled light out of it, light will pour back into it to keep it balanced. Does that make sense? If you spill out negativity or stress from your basket into the world because you fear your shadow, then your basket must rebalance itself again. And the world will send new darkness back into your basket, which is what will conquer your awareness. Whatever the world is putting back into your basket is generally what you're paying attention to. This is why it's so easy to get stuck in a rut, so they say. As worrying or resisting or complaining or all the other shadow emotions that you might experience. It only allows more shadow to flow into your life and present itself. When I was depressed, like really depressed, I just kept complaining to myself 
into people in my life, into the world about how sad I was or how depressed I was. Or maybe I was holding it in, but I was dictating some of my other emotions out via anger or disappointment or fear or stress. And therefore, the world was filling my basket back up with more depression and stress and fear. It kept creeping into my life, and that's what I was noticing. So I kept complaining and spilling more darkness out into the world. And therefore, the world was putting it back into my basket. It was a never-ending cycle to keep my basket balanced. Yet there was a whole half of a basket of light there that I wasn't paying attention to because I was concerned with the stuff that was being presented to me from the world, which was darkness, because I was putting that out into the world. Once you accept the presence of your shadow and then put goodness out into the world, regardless of the presence of your shadow, that's when the script flips. If you start being of service to others and gracing others with your light, despite the stress or depression you may feel, more light will surge back into your basket and keep your fire burning brightly. It'll light up your life. This all becomes possible when you notice your shadow and you care for it and you love it and you get kinky with it. Your inner dragon, your chaos, your madness, it's all a part of you. Healing means coming to terms with your inner beast and giving it that sensual, I never want to let your crazy ass go type of hug. So you have to love it like your life depends on it. When your dragon feels seen and appreciated, it hands over everything that it's been hiding. Your basket balances itself. You're pouring out light into the world. It's being poured back into your basket. You're noticing it. Danger transcends to opportunity. And when that's the case, look who's blowing fire now. That's all I got today, but I hope that it's powerful and I hope it impacts you. Thank you for listening. I'm Heath Armstrong. This is Never Stop Peaking. Love you lots. You can check out all of the show notes and stuff at heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast. All the other episodes, we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. We're on Amazon. All the other places. All of your mom's favorite podcasting apps. Peace. Love you lots. There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, we'll build a factory of smiles that will assemble with our minds and sell to earth. Well, hello. As you pursue your next adventure overlooking the walls of the rainbow caves that you're staring down upon from the greatest heights of heaven, remember to bring your nipple clips. Because without your nipple clips, you can't ever get a tight enough grip on your life 
or what you're trying to pursue. Thank you for listening to the Never Stop Peaking podcast. I'm Terrence McKenna. Shut the fuck up, Terrence! I wish you the best. Shut the fuck up!